Good morning. Welcome in the name of the Lord. We're so grateful for all of you here, and we're and especially grateful for those of you online who join us and leave comments and pray for this ministry. We appreciate it very much. Oh, I'm Mike Scott. One of the elders, Pastor Brian and Jane, are taking a few days off after a long, holy week, and uh, they'll hopefully come back with their bodies and spirits refreshed. I'm sure they will. Our message today is from the book of John, chapter 20, where we'll be looking at what it means to have faith. Please rise. We gather today, still in the glow of the most joyous and amazing celebration of Easter, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, from the dead. The sights and sounds of that celebration linger in our memory, not as just a past event, finished and forgotten, but as Peter calls it today, a living hope, as enduring and strong as the certainty of our living Lord and the promised future of our own resurrection. We return to continue the Easter celebration because in the afterglow of the days since Easter Sunday, many still do not know that hope. Like the absent Apostle Thomas, we still face what seems to be a hopeless world. Today, we remember that our only hope is built on a divine Savior whose crucifixion wounds were endured for us and for all. Indeed, we are to learn that every Sunday throughout the entire year is an Easter celebration as our living Lord draws us into his holy, life-giving wounds through his very same body and blood given us in Holy Communion. Thomas saw and believed. Peter rejoiced. Though we do not now see him, in 1 Peter verse, uh, 1, verse 8, it says, You believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, the only sure and living hope. We sing our first hymn.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. That victory remains ours by a God-given faith and hope. That hope is kept alive as we daily repent of our sins and remain in the promises of God. For if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are afraid of losing hope. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, risen from the dead for the life of the world, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways for the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, He gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. May the Lord, who has begun this good work in us, bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the well-being of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, grant that we who have celebrated the Lord's resurrection may by your grace confess in our life and conversation that Jesus is Lord and God, through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. Good morning. First reading is found in Acts chapter 5, verses 29 to 42. But Peter and the apostles answered, 
we must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witness to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. But when they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill him, kill them. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take care for what you're about to do with these men. For before these days, Thetis rose up claiming to be somebody, and a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and drew away some of the people after him. He too perished, and all who followed him were scattered. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice. And when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for his name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We'll do a responsive reading from Psalm 148. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him on the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens, and your waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. And he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree, and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps. Fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling his word. Mountains and all hills fruit trees, and all cedars. Beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds. Kings of the earth and all people, princes and all rulers of the earth. Young men and maidens together, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people, praise for all his saints. For the people of Israel who are near to him, praise the Lord, 
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. The epistle for today is found in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-9. through 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice. Though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them. When Jesus came, so the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. 
Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated.
Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. In John's first epistle, he says, This is the victory that has conquered the world, our faith. If so, then it seems that all we have to do is have more faith. If we believe more, if we have more faith, then faith will destroy our sinful urges. Faith will crush our frustrations and annoyances. It will wipe away our aches and pains. If you believe some televangelists, faith will even ease our tensions and solve our financial woes. If we only had more faith, that would make life better, for faith overcomes the world. And so we become convinced not only that we need faith, but that we need a faith that never wavers, a faith that is always on fire. And then what happens? We set out to prove to ourselves and everyone else that we have that faith that we do indeed believe. You must have faith. You've got to believe. That's the world's motto for success, isn't it? It's the creed we repeat so often that we also believe it. So we make faith in faith our goal. Or we make faith in our perceptions of faith, our feelings, instead of Jesus, our goal. Oh, it's true, you are to believe, never doubt that. But it's what you put your faith in, that's what's often left unsaid. And when the object of your faith is not clear, then your faith isn't connected to the Lord. We have countless dramatic examples of the miraculous things faith can, in God can do throughout the Bible. In the Old Testament book of Joshua, we see him leading the army of the Israelites as they march once a day for six days around the impenetrable walls of Jericho in silence, carrying the Ark of the Covenant with the priests blowing their horns. Was that supposed to cause fear in the hearts of the leaders of Jericho? I'm sure they laughed at those fools. But the Israelites had faith in what the Lord had told Joshua to do, and on the morning of the seventh day, they marched around the city seven times. And the last time, they all shouted. And we know from the song that the walls came tumbling down. We all have faith in or believe in a multitude of things. Perhaps you believe in yourself. Perhaps your measure of faith is your feelings. For how else would you know if your faith is weak or strong? Or you may believe in your values. Or you may believe in prayer. Don't get me wrong. Prayer is vitally important. Feelings are important. We know that because Jesus shared his feelings of joy and sorrow and then we have the story of the two disciples on the road to Emmaus who tell us their hearts burned as Jesus opened the Scriptures to them. But it's faith in Jesus, not feelings, not prayers, not our own power, that overcomes the world and nothing else. 
So today we heard the familiar passage about Thomas in our Gospel reading. He believed in something. He believed firmly and sincerely that what he heard the other disciples say about Jesus could not be true. He saw Jesus die on the cross. He couldn't be alive. And Thomas wouldn't believe that Jesus was alive until he had a sign. And not just any sign, but the sign that he demanded. Jesus would have to meet Thomas' own litmus test before he would believe. And do not be mistaken, Thomas didn't just doubt. He no longer believed that Jesus was the Son of God. That's why Jesus said to Thomas, Do not disbelieve, but believe. Oh, Thomas had faith in something, but it wasn't Jesus. And so Thomas had fallen away from the faith. At that point, he was an unbeliever. Notice how difficult it was for Thomas, as it can be for us, to believe. For Jesus calls us to believe something we think is unreasonable. Jesus tells us to throw away what we are so sure is true and reject what our logical minds tell us is right. That's what Thomas had to do. Thomas wasn't there when Jesus first stood among his apostles after he arose from the grave. Later, the other disciples told Thomas, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas refused to believe what he heard. Instead, he believed what made sense to him and what felt right in his heart. But before we get too righteously indignant toward Thomas, remember that he was the only one who missed the chance to see the risen Christ. Would the others have immediately believed had the roles been reversed? And also remember that it was Peter who denied Christ three times the night he was arrested. Our Lord knows what we are like. He knows that we are often slow to believe, quick to doubt, even to disbelieve. He knows that fear often runs our lives, not his soothing and comforting word that makes our hearts burn. He knows that our spirit often resists his Spirit. And so our Lord gives us His Holy Spirit over and over in every worship service. So, as Luther says in the small catechism, we would believe His Holy Word and live a godly life here in time and hereafter in eternity. For what is the goal of faith? It's to bring us into communion, into oneness with God. The Holy Spirit points us to Jesus. Jesus brings us to the Father, and the Father declares and makes us holy because of Jesus, making us fit to be in His eternal presence for eternity. That's where true joy and peace come from, the joy and peace that transcends this early life, earthly life. What else did Thomas get that night? He not only received the Holy Spirit, he also received in the flesh what his faith needed. 
But here's where it gets really good. Thomas didn't get what he demanded and wanted. He got what he needed. For Thomas didn't really know what he needed. He just thought he did. He went by his feelings, feelings that wouldn't believe until he could thrust his finger in the nail wounds of Jesus. Although invited to by Jesus, Thomas never really touched those nail holes or placed his hand in the Lord's spear-pierced side. When Thomas saw Jesus in his resurrected flesh, that was enough to pull back the curtain of unbelief. Thomas cried out, My Lord and my God. And it's the same for you and me. The Holy Spirit also pulls back the curtain of our unbelief that we too may believe in Jesus. The word in the water of baptism plants the seed of faith in our hearts. The preached word pierces our ears to plant and renew faith at every divine service. In confession and absolution, your Lord calms your troubled heart for the sins you commit. And in his supper, the Lord and giver of life gives you himself in his body and blood. For only Jesus can give to you a true and genuine life in God. So do not disbelieve, but believe. That's what our Lord says, not only to Thomas, but also to you, to me. For whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Because Jesus has risen from the dead, he has made all things right between you and God the Father. Jesus has triumphed over sin and death. So your communion and life in God will be full and free for all eternity. That's why we rejoice. For the Spirit who reveals to us the Lord Jesus, who brings us to the Father, is the same God who gives the peace beyond all understanding. For it is then that we have what the world cannot give, the peace of the Lord that settles and calms our hearts, even while it surpasses our understanding. By the Holy Spirit, the Lord himself comes to you even right now in the preached word. The word who is Jesus Christ. And by the Spirit, the Lord himself speaks to you his own peace. It gives you his word of forgiveness and even gives you his own body and blood. Now, go and tell. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Please rise for the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth.
Let us pray. O God, in the glorious joy of our continuing celebration of the resurrection of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, from the dead, we give you thanks and sing your praise. By his death he destroyed death, and by his rising now gives to all who believe the gift of eternal life in the forgiveness of our sins. Help us to walk with the certainty of a living hope of the eternal life of the world to come. Lord, in your mercy, give boldness to your whole church throughout the world that your servants, especially your pastors and teachers, proclaim the resurrection of Christ to all people as the object of your love. Lord, in your mercy, Lord God, save and defend our country. Give wisdom and compassion to all in authority, that they may serve all people with justice and provide for the maintenance of peace. Lord, in your mercy. Lovingly embrace all who gather to celebrate the remembrance of the most glorious death and resurrection of your Son. Increase faith and hope in the hearts and minds of all who call upon you, especially all who are in trouble, sorrow, need, sickness, or any adversity. Today we pray for Vicki Nethery's father, who suffered a stroke yesterday. And we pray for Sammy, who broke his arm in a wrestling tournament and will be having surgery. By your healing grace, defend us from every evil to body and soul. Lord, in your mercy, we commend to your mercy, O Lord, all your servants who have departed with the sign of faith and now rest in the sleep of peace. Grant to them your mercy and everlasting peace. And on that day of the resurrection of all flesh, grant that we and all your servants of the mystical body of your Son may all together be set on his right hand and hear his most joyful voice saying, Come, you blessed of my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, 
Almighty Father, everlasting God. And most especially are we bound to praise you on this day for the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, the very Paschal Lamb, who was sacrificed for us and bore the sins of the world. By his dying, he has destroyed death, and by his rising again, he has restored to us everlasting life. Therefore, with Mary Magdalene, Peter, and John, and with all the witnesses of the resurrection, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit, grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers. Deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. O Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, in giving us your body and blood to eat and drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and your coming for the final judgment. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Please be seated.
Just when all hope seemed lost, love opened the door for us. He said, "Come to the table. Come join the circle with memory. Take your place beside the Savior. Sit down and be."
Let us pray. O God, the Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. And we ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. We sing our closing song. Yeah.
I believe we have at least one announcement today. I have two announcements. Um, there is going to be the fundraising for Braille, that's a mission that's going to be going on at our church, and that fundraiser is the Tri-Tip Dinner. Uh, Donna and I will be selling tickets back in the narthex. It's it's going to be delicious. I go through the little meal, but it's going to be delicious. Thirteen dollars a ticket. You can buy them today, and they all all the tickets have to be purchased by this coming Wednesday. And so next Saturday is the tri tip dinner, and you can pick it up between five thirty and six thirty. Then my second um, announcement is the Lutheran Women's Missionary League, the LWML, is sponsoring a Christian Community Mission Fair Sunday, May 7th, just after service. This is the mission field coming here. We go out there coming here this time. It will be 10 Christian groups, and they will have information booths in the fellowship. So... Let's open our hearts and give them a big welcome, our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, on May 7th, in, that's in three weeks. There will be little sandwiches and cookies, and um, you might get involved in one of their activities. You never know. Thank you. Morning from your Board of Christian Education. I want to extend a thank you to each and every one of you for all of your support that you give our Early Learning Center. Uh, in terms of finance, financial support, your prayers, and your personal support. It's, it's a blessing to know that by the grace of God and through your support, we're able to minister to over 50 kids and their families here in this community. We're soon to open our infant care program. And you've probably noticed the security fence going in, so thank you very much. Uh, I also want to invite you all to attend our, uh, not our, but uh, the Cool April Nights cruise out here on Friday, April 28th. Uh, I believe they start shutting the streets down at 5.30, so we can use your help to set up. We'll be providing some activities for the kids, and we're planning to sell some nachos, and just have a good time. So just come and, and have fun. Thanks.
First of all, I want you to be sure and thank Mike for the wonderful job he did when you leave today. He will greet you. Um, I'm here because I'm making a special announcement. Some people are involved and some people aren't involved, and that's our care committee, our care evangelist committee. We don't go out knocking on doors, at least we haven't yet, but we are encouraging members to consider being a part of the group. Good example. Soon there will be a Braille activity publication going right in that little room next door, and that was discussed and encouraged and finalized and grants are made, and it's going to happen as part of what the care committee has done. If you've gotten phone calls or cards or members are reaching out to you, we discuss that at the care committee. Anybody can be a member. We meet again this Tuesday night, and there's some surprises, a couple of surprises I'm going to reveal at the meeting. Uh, I don't want to share it now uh, for those who come, but it's always open to anybody. There's no membership, no roles. If you feel it doesn't work for you, that's okay too. But if you'd like to come and see what's going on, it'd be an integral part of reaching out to one another. Our ministry starts within each other. And then, of course, our school and, and others. And it's just a good way of reaching out and sharing the gospel. Thank you so much. Thank you for all the announcements. Please don't forget, we have coffee and snacks in the coffee room right down the hall. A wonderful time of fellowship. Uh, it really is an excellent way to get to talk to the people who may be sitting in the back and you're sitting in the front. Okay? You're going to find them in there. So let's, let's get in there and talk to them. There will be no Bible study today. Next Sunday, we're going to have a guest speaker who will be giving the sermon and also uh, have a presentation during the Bible study hour after the service. His name is uh, Dr. Paul A. Kruger, Reverend Kruger, has served in parish ministry for 31 years, ranging from mission developer to senior pastor of a vibrant multi-staff parish. In addition to thriving parish ministries, he has worked with multi-denominational organizations in youth, leadership, and disaster response prior to beginning a role as the senior development officer for the Dakota Boys and Girls Ranch an organization helping nearly 1,800 at-risk children and their families from across the nation find hope and healing in Christ each year. If you haven't heard of this ministry, it is beyond belief. They take the kids that have been discarded by the courts. They've been discarded, discarded by Boys Town and Girls Town and all the other charitable places where they take children, and they are deemed, and, you know, they can't do anything with them. They send them to this, this, to this Dakota Boys and Girls Ranch, and uh, it's just amazing. Dr. Kruger also serves as a leader training for a tent maker's leadership training, holds a master's degree from Concordia Theological Seminary, and a doctorate degree in missionary leadership from Fuller Theological Seminary. He's a recipient of numerous community leadership awards and brings these experience to help at-risk children and their families succeed in the name of Christ through the ministry of Dakota Boys and Girls Ranch. Pastor Paul is married to Suzanne, and together they make their home in Minot, North Dakota. I think we have more than one North Dakota person here this morning. Yes, awesome. Please, go in peace. Serve the Lord. I'm sorry, your time is up. <laughs>
5.30 Tuesday. It lasts about an hour and a half. Put that on your calendar. I'd love to see you there. Oh, take home the lilies today. Yes.